Hi, I'm our listeners. Welcome back to How It's Reported, a podcast where journalists talk about how they do the work they do. Today, I'm here with two special guests, M. Chan and Claire Warner. Okay, so I'll start with M. How are you doing today? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Hi, Megan. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, so I'm the ANC reporter. I cover food, whether that's news or reviews, uh, some culture stuff, as well as writing the relationship column, asking for a friend. Awesome. And then we have Claire. How are you doing? And tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. I am a news reporter for the Emerald, and I'm specifically covering ASUO activities right now. And I'm majoring in environmental science with a minor in food studies. Ooh, awesome. I'm also doing a food studies minor. That's awesome. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, Emerald listeners, oh, this too. is going to be... Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, we have three food studies minors here. That's crazy. But yes, Emerald listeners, this is going to be a little bit of a fun podcast uh, because we are all in three different places talking via Zoom and technical difficulties are definitely going to happen. So stick with us as we deal with that. But the lovely M. Chan and Claire Warner are going to be talking to us about their recent cover story that they did, which is it your guys' first cover stories? Yes, for me it is. Yeah, for me too. Oh, that's exciting. How do you guys feel about it? It was Um, an unconventional story to put together in an unconventional time. We got through it. Mm -hmm. It definitely had a lot in it. So we're going to have to break it down a little bit. Can you just tell me a little bit about what the story was? Just like a quick summary. Yeah, the story really focused on student perspectives, international student perspectives regarding the recent ICE policy changes, federal policy changes, and the University of Oregon's reaction to those policies, um, which really included a federal lawsuit against the, t- the Department of Homeland Security, as well as creating a class specifically designed for international students that would be free um, in order to prevent any unwanted deportation or being forced to return to one's home country. Yeah, see, I thought this story was super interesting for a few reasons. One of the reasons was, obviously, it is like a very student-centered story, you know, talking to international students, getting out there and finding them and you know, talking about their perspectives on the policy changes. But another thing that I was super interested in was you guys got really into like the lingo, like the legal lingo of like what was happening, which kind of visas were going to be affected, which so that basically translated to the people who were going to be affected. So I just wanted to talk about first, how you guys kind of had to become familiar with that lingo especially since you guys wrote different stories besides this main international students in limbo. So, and can you kind of briefly talk about how you had to kind of become familiar with this kind of legal lingo and what process did you have to take to where you felt comfortable enough to actually write about it? Uh, yes. Um, for me, I really had to read. I went through a lot of articles about you know other schools and just national coverage And I read through their articles and I was like, oh, geez, this seems like a lot. Um, But actually going on to the page where um, the official like ICE page and reading through, there's lots of links to like how that lingo is used and who it applies to. Um, So I I would not say in any capacity that I am super familiar still, but it was really interesting to 
get all of that info. Um, and I think it most of why it reads so professionally is because a lot of um, our editors went were super, super thorough in trying to make sure that we were using the right lingo, that it was reported in a way that like made sense and translated well, um, but was still um, as information packed as it could be. But I think now, you know, like reading through it, I'm like, yeah, like I get it. And reading similar coverage, like, yeah, that legal, that legal lingo makes sense. Yeah. And I think also what's super important as journalists is to be able to translate this information that, you know, kind of goes over a lot of people's heads into a way that is comprehensible because we don't know what we're, we don't necessarily know what writing about until we're there. And we have to ask a lot of questions. We have to do a lot of reading and research so we can translate those words into kind of like a layman type of um, conversation that people can understand. So, but also going over to Claire, you guys actually found international students to interview. Can you tell me how you found them and what the experience was interviewing them? Yeah. So um, right when Em and I started working on this story together, Em had put together a really comprehensive list of a lot of student organizations and their officers and presidents and some contact information for me to reach out to because right off the bat we kind of decided that M would take the administration um, and interview interview administration while I would focus on students and it was actually really difficult finding interviewees at first because a lot of the organizations I reached out to did not uh, get back to me. And I did it through a mix of like social media platforms. So I reached out to a lot of clubs on Facebook and Instagram, and I also reached out to specific individuals. Eventually, I got some responses and I was able to talk to a, a few people, two graduate students and one non-graduate student, one undergrad. Oh yeah, that's right. M um, also sent me a specific individual. So it tended to be like, if I reached out to one individual person, they responded. But when I reached out to a club, I did not get, get that response. So it was kind of difficult finding like specific international students and knowing they were international students to reach out to. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of times it's best to just ask a straight up person because it's like a little bit less of a wait time unless they mm -hmm. don't respond to their emails, which is usually an answer to just move on to the next person. The joys of being a journalist. Um, so let's like actually backtrack a little bit. And I'm going to ask you both, what made you interested in doing this story? Let's start with you, Em. Yeah, so this story pertains to a lot of my friends. So I know a lot of them are international students and that their status has always been something in recent years that's been really important um, to make sure they follow all these rules and regulations. And it's already so expensive to attend school anywhere, but especially if you're going to go out of the country, um, that, you know, all of these news headlines, I was seeing people post about them online and talk about them and calling out people who weren't sporting. Because, you know, since now it's kind of like, it's a and we're in an environment where people are more inclined to be activists so if you weren't speaking about this issue then there was kind of something not to say wrong with you but there was obviously some lack of heart um in the sentiment 100%. so um yeah i pitched this to my editor and they were like yeah this would like definitely work but then again my conflict of interest issue with knowing these people that i can necessarily interview them so that's where claire came in 
Yeah. So Claire, um, I want to ask you the same question, but how did you two start ending up working together? Yeah. So it came time on Thursday at five o'clock for me to submit my pitch for the week. I didn't have any exciting ASUO pitches for that week. So um, my editor, my news editor, Duncan, took that opportunity to reach out to me and say, and to ask if I'd be interested in partnering with M for the cover story. And that was pretty exciting for me just because I'm new to the Emerald and I haven't done a cover story before. So it felt like a really a big chance, a big opportunity. And I was also excited to work with someone who had been at the Emerald longer than me because it would be a learning experience for sure. And it definitely was. And I also did a few breaking stories regarding the ICE policy changes because actually when the initial policy change came out, I was on my breaking news shift. So I did that original story for the Emerald. Um, so I was already starting to be familiar with all that lingo that you talked about before and um, and and kind of getting like invested in uh, this developing situation. And so uh, that so I said, sure, Duncan, I'll totally get on this story. And that's how I joined M on this. This story, like you said, um, Claire, there definitely was a bunch of different aspects to it with like the breaking news with what what's happening with ICE and, you know, what's happening with like our school, their response to it. So how long did this actual story take to complete? Yeah, so the story, we were given about two weeks. Um, and I have to say, I think the bulk of it was within kind of that second week. Um because I was trying to figure out who I should talk to. And then it ended up just being Provost Galvin. Um, as well as kind of making sure that like nothing else was happening. Um, like I remember the night before it was due to be posted and we had like finished everything. I was like, oh my God, like every day was like, is there going to be something new? Is there going to be a new development? Um, but... There was um, an announcement that international freshmen, if their campuses were not open for like on-campus classes, would not be able to leave like their country to come to the United States to study if it, if the curriculum was entirely online. So I remember like throwing that in and being like, "How important is this? Like, where should it be?" Um, and that just ended up kind of being like closer to the bottom. But um, yeah, it was a lot of making sure the lingo was like right. So I would say a bulk of it was just like that last week, just like going in, going in again and again and again and writing and reading and rewriting, et cetera. Okay, so I'll ask this to Claire. Did anything surprise you while working on the story? One thing that surprised me, I would okay, I don't know if this meets your definition for surprising, but I'm going to go with it. So mm -hmm. uh, one thing that was very different about this story than anything I had experienced before is it was a much touchier subject than any other story that I had written where I interviewed people. And so for my first interview was pretty chill and like normal, what I would normally expect for an interview with the undergrad. But when um, I talked to the graduate students, the tone of the interviews were just very different from anything I had experienced before. There was frustration and disappointment and a lot of emotion. 
whereas in the past I've done a lot more lighthearted stories. So um, I quickly realized that I had to adjust my tone to match the tone of my interviewees and make sure that they were feeling listened to and heard um, while we were having our conversation when I was um, getting their perspectives. So that was definitely different for me is just um, and you could say surprising uh, just because I didn't think going into it just because I'm not an international student. And before writing these stories, I didn't understand what the international student experience was. And in the process of doing the interviews, I learned just how difficult it can be. And so um, that was definitely a learning point for me and just be very like more like soft spoken quiet and listening and reflecting that same energy yeah you were kind of saying that it was very new to you to hear what they were saying and you hadn't really thought about what the situation they're going through so I think that can be very relatable to a lot of people who aren't international students during this time so why do you think it's important for non-international students to read this story let's go with you em yeah I think there's a lot of components to that. One, um, you know, there's a lot of jokes that international students are like these rich kids who come and they just want to escape their parents. Um, so they kind of flex all over campus. But on the other hand, there's a lot of students who are not like that and they come from typical households. Um, they're not affluent or anything, but they come and they seek a better opportunity so they're here and they're studying and they're working as hard, if not harder, than I think a lot of domestic students. And it goes to show that a lot of, you know, domestic students, you know, were U of O is a state school. So that kind of goes in line with the a, the stereotype that it's a fallback school, an easy school. Um, but for these students, you know, it takes a lot to be able to get here, even this if, if this is just to a domestic student anyway, a state school, a fallback school. Um, so... In regards to that, you know, it's getting a better perspective and being more appreciative of the opportunity that we do have. You know, U of O, there's a lot of things wrong with the institution, but at the end of the day, this is, you know, where we are learning a lot and growing. Um, and then two, I think a lot of people in the U.S. are very inclined, you know, to be kind of self-centered around the U.S. and a lot of them don't really think much about international news. Um, as you know, like our news cycle, 24-hour news cycle, as we say, um, and a lot of that is majority U.S.-based politics, mm -hmm. news, etc. So to have kind of that opening where it is not, not to say it's directly affecting domestic students per se, but it's, you know, the same people in their classrooms, their peers, their TAs, that th they are affected and that it's a crucial thing to realize like oh yeah we're like a global nation I don't know we should be aware of all of those things um so the fact that it intersects with daily lives um and the people they typically will see around campus I think makes this piece an eye-opener in both respects yeah awesome and do you have anything to add to that Claire um I definitely think it's important for domestic students to read this story just because I was not familiar with the challenges of being an international student before even writing this. And so um, I learned a lot and I think it was really important for me to write this story and learn these students' stories because it just gives you more sympathy and 
it, I think if all students are supporting international students on campus, I think only then will that support be extended and more comprehensive throughout the university. And so I think it is really important for people to understand the challenges so that we can be more supportive of all of the students at UO. Uh, what's next for you guys? You know, you did this huge cover story and obviously that was a lot of work. Do you guys like that kind of reporting? Do you think you'll tackle another big story like this? Let's start with you, Em. Uh, yeah. I mean, my my beat is food and advice. So I don't think I'd write a cover story that would relate, I think, to hard news unless it was something like of a similar vein of like being an issue that's really close to me, I mean, I'll, I'm just going to keep cranking out the food and advice columns. So there you go. Just to keep an eye out for that. Yep. <laughs> and what about you, Claire? Um, I'm just going to be doing my regular news stuff, my weekly anchor story and the breaking news. And I guess it all depends on whatever stories develop in the future. I think now that I've written this story, I definitely have a little bit more understanding of uh, some of the more international issues that are arising throughout the pandemic and um, beyond as well. So I would think that I could tackle something similar again, but it was exciting and I would be down to do something like that again. Yeah, you guys should definitely because I thought it was a very informative and heart-wrenching piece. It really made me you know, see it from a different lens. And I really liked the personal touches of interviewing actual international students. So I liked it a lot. And so after going through this process of, you know, writing the story, is there anything you guys want to add, just put out in the universe? Um, let's start with you, Em. I definitely tell people to keep a more open mind, I think, in regards to topics that may relate to COVID. It's really easy, especially right now, to be sucked into our day-to-day and only see what's going on in our direct community um, and kind of become and put up blinders in regards to looking at other topics going on around the world or outside of our communities. Um, And that being informed is super important. So if they haven't, they should be following the Daily Emerald for stuff about around Eugene, stuff about students, but also to contribute and support their local journalisms in their neighborhood. So subscribe to all of them. Maybe not all of them, but the ones that will that will provide you with the best info. Mm-hmm. Um, and that journalism right now needs needs the support more than ever. 100%. Local journalism is important. But yeah, what about you, Claire? I feel like all the really significant stuff in my mind I've already said, especially with understanding the situation and using that to uh, support your friends or just international students in general, Um, I think just having that understanding makes the educational experience a lot easier for some people just to know that your scene and your experience is like, even if it's not completely understood, it is being recognized. I think that's really important. Well, you guys have been great. I've loved talking to you. So tell the viewers where we can reach you guys. Let's start with M. Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter uh, at catch up to Emily. Um, I've got a blog. You can also reach me there, uh, sickfonmay. 
blog. <laughs> that would make sense. .com, <laughs> .wordpress, something, something like that. Um, but reach me on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. Tweet at me. I'm there all the time, unfortunately. But yeah, at Ketchup Demily. Awesome. And what about you, Claire? I'm on Twitter as well, except warning, I'm a new account. I have zero tweets, but you can reach me at Claire N. Warner on Twitter and on Instagram. My username is Warner N. Claire N. for Nicole. And if you have any news tips, you can reach me at cwarner at dailyemerald.com. And sometimes people ask why it's important to plug, but these are your local journalists. These are the people who um, are helping you consume news and stay in touch with them and let them know if there's any stories that you think are important to be told but yeah guys thank you so much for being on here it's been great talking to you guys thank you so much i'll talk to you guys later but yeah listeners thanks for joining another episode of how it's reported i'm megan fitzpatrick and i'll see you soon stay safe